This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the free Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked on Rooms. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 go. Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is on Twitter. His name is Chris Danhill, by the way, <laughs> and it's at Chris Danhill. Locked on Socks is the way you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. And thank you for making Locked on Socks your first listen every morning. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Maybe hit the notifications bell. 312-566-87274 for your voice messages or Locked on Socks at gmail.com for your emails. Without any further ado, it is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Herb. It's Friday. Congratulations. You made it. And we have 14 moments here for the top 21 moments of 2021. If you missed the first part, we dropped that a couple days ago. Thank you to everyone who checked out our brief Nick Castellanos debriefing. Uh, spoiler alert, yes, we want them. So if, you, if you're skipping ahead on shows here, uh, you guys know our show. You know what we do. And you know that uh, Nick Castellanos is definitely on our radar. So we laid out our cases why we want him to be in a White Sox uniform come 2022. But we got some work to do, Herbie. Shall we pick up where we left off here at the number 14 greatest moment of 2021? Let's do it. Like he would throw the 10th today. Garcia, center field. Verdugo back. Who needs a 10th inning? Sox win. 2-1. On two strikes. A little unlikely thunder off the bat of Leury. How about the boys around home plate? That's just a fifth home run of the year. None more dramatic than that one. Unbelievable. That's September 12th, 2021. Sox beat the Red Sox 2 to 1. Leary Garcia's walk-off home run there and that was an that was a wild game. That's uh, where the defense let down Craig Kimbrell a little bit there and uh Craig, you know, blows the save at the Sox end up winning that game anyway here, but uh, we're going to try to power through these here, but I ask you Herb about Leary. Um, Leary's contract is up here. Uh, the Sox signed him to a one-year deal last year, but his uh, contract is, is uh, expired here, and he's due to be an unrestricted free agent. Um, have we seen the last of Leary Garcia in a White Sox uniform? Herb would hope so, but Herb <laughs> also third, knows third the person? White Sox. Yeah, Herb <laughs> also knows the White Sox, and they love Leary Garcia. I just think Leary, just like, Yolmer before him and others speak to an older time where we're done with, and he has value. Don't let me. He was a two. Win, he was a two win player, a two win B war player last year. So he did yeah. did a nice job. He did a really good job. He has value, but for me, it's always gonna be he's a link to the old, and he symbolizes the old. 
and the way we used to do things. And we have a lot of guys who are good as Lurie. And um, truth be told, I don't want Lurie to be used as a starter anymore in playoff games. I don't want the temptation of Lurie, even though he earned a couple of those starts. Like we said, he earned them. But that's the problem. Lurie Garcia has the ability to earn a starting spot in a team that is going to the playoffs and wanting going to the World Series. So it's a little like it's good for him, but not good for your team. If that type of level of player, which Lurie had a good year for him, is competing and battling for you in your starting lineup. So that's a, that's where I'm at with Lurie Garcia. So, yeah, if he goes, I will not be heartbroken. Good luck to him. He's a good enough guy. Yeah, he is. He's a great guy, great clubhouse guy, and a great uh, – you know, every baseball team needs a guy like Lurie. Like I remember – uh, back in 59 when he taught Ted Klazuski how to cut his uh, his <laughs> sleeves off, you know. Uh, and give him the buzz cut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Him him and Moose uh, were teammates there for a while. I remember Leary being there at Disco Demolition Night. Uh, you remember that prank he pulled on Waldo the White Sox wolf uh, where he, he made it look like, uh, you know, he set him up for murder, but it was all just a joke, uh, you know. Uh, remember Wal- he told Shoeless <laughs> Joe how to Charleston? <laughs> <laughs> on top of a flagpole, yes. Don't even. Ah! <laughs> oh, uh, more Leary content later. All right, number thirteen. This is an all-encompassing moment, uh, but this one, July sixth. One zero into center field. Hamilton. Oh Whoa! wow! <laughs> a make your own slip and slide for Billy Hamilton. Come on! Like it's his backyard. That is unreal. Well, first of all, you're getting some awful footing. And second of all, he gets a great break on this ball and somehow runs it down. Billy Hamilton just did a hell of a job. Really remarkable job for the 2021 Sox. And that moment right there, it was kind of like Billy Hamilton, you know, he had a, a few moments uh, this season where, you know, I remember being at the game where he hits the home run against the Orioles and, you know, you know, uh, fans are, are chanting there waiting for him uh, out there in the bleachers. And, you know, he had some moments along the way, but th- you may not find a better defensive play on our list here than that play made by Billy Hamilton that night in Minnesota. It was just very uh, emblematic of, of the year to that point of all the role players filling in and uh, the Billy Hamilton thing. Uh, it, it was a really fun experience. I think it's, it, it makes you realize why you love baseball so much because he sort of, you know, he was, you know, we just thought, okay, this guy's going to be just a, you know, a, a pinch runner late or whatever defensive replacement late. And he was most of the time, but he had himself a couple moments there and it looked like he kind of, uh, felt rejuvenated being alongside guys like Tim Anderson and being a part of this winning culture. And that was uh, one of my favorite little subplots of the year is how a veteran like that, who was not even on a team uh, in in spring training, it was a late add to the roster for the White Sox. And and there he is uh, contributing to uh, a division winner there. I just thought that was one of my favorite things that happened. One of my favorite stories is watching Billy Hamilton all year and to see how much fun he had with the Sox. And as we talk about uh, confidence is so big in this game, he was probably down on himself thinking, man, I've turned myself from a big time prospect with the Reds starting, getting a lot of the bats, being the linchpin for their offense to getting bounced out by the Cleveland Indians in spring training. 
man, what what is life? What am I doing? Like I spent time with the Cubs last year, the Royals, you know, it's like, oh, man, I thought I was on a good track. And then it just takes Tim Anderson saying, dude, you're Billy Hamilton, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to just be the running guy. And Terrence Gore has this thing. That's Terrence Gore. You're not him. You're Billy Hamilton. How about Terrence Gore? Tribute. How about Terrence Gore, by the way, hey, getting, a, getting, another, getting another ring? Was that like three rings for him? He's yep. got, I think he's got more rings. The last three years, he's got rings, right? He's got and more then, rings than extra base hits at the major league level, I think, which is wild, dude. And didn't he win <laughs> rings with the Royals, too? Yeah. Ring? All ring? Yeah. Yeah, so he's at least got four, right? Right? <laughs> three yeah, in the dude. last three years. Yeah, dude, it's it's, it's wild, dude. Uh, but yeah, he, he had his Rick Dalton moments with Tim Anderson. Like, you're Billy fucking Hamilton. Don't you forget it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it was really cool, man. Yeah, and confidence is like anybody. You just need sometimes somebody to say, man, you're doing well. Don't, don't get in your own head because we get that in our own heads sometimes in professional baseball and sports players probably get it more than we do because they're on a, a pedestal they're on national tv getting criticized by folks like me on twitter who never played the game and so they're probably more you know self-conscious about things like that all the time it's just take somebody uh, all-star like tim anderson saying you're hey man you're not just billy the runner you're billy the hitter and it paid instant dividends and that catch right there that was exciting i mean we're beating the twins pretty handily but it was an exciting um, punctuation to a victory right there. I know it wasn't the last out, but it was nice. Yeah. Uh, next moment here, number 12, the 12th best moment, in our opinion, of 2021. We take you back to May 12th. I told Andrew to hit 300. Don't worry. I don't care if you hit. You don't hit one home run. Let's hit 300. Andrew Vaughn clocks this ball. Left center field, and there is his first major league home run. Bring him home. We felt it coming. There it is. Fuck the home run. There it is. It's our two favorite moments there, uh, just spliced into one with, of course, uh, Frank Manichino. How you doing? Uh, we were all wondering when Andrew Vaughn's first home run was going to come, uh, but there it is happening also against the Twins back in May. And we'll just we'll try to plow through these quickly here. But if I, you know, if I had to ask you right now, Herb, is Andrew Vaughn on this roster in 2022? No, hmm. I do not believe Andrew Vaughn is on this roster in 2022. It's not because he's not good. And I know a lot of White Sox fans love him and think he'll be the greatest. But I think Rick won't get the answer he wants as far as money. And so the other way to acquire players in this offseason will be via trade. And he'll be a hot name if somebody's uh, looking for a return that's good. And if we're shopping in the top tier pitchers or top tier hitters, Andrew Vaughn will be pretty, pretty uh, uh, looked at as a guy that we want. And I know people have been going for cheaper, but I don't know. It, I, I think Andrew Vaughn will be gone, I would say. What about yourself? I, I think so, too. I think they're going to realize the White Sox. They're going to try. Like He may be on the roster, but maybe at the trade deadline he's not, and that may muddy the waters a bit. But in my perfect scenario here is you acquire a defensive-minded catcher who doesn't have to play all the time in the regular season, but he's there for the postseason. You give Grandal more reps at DH. You let Eloy. He, he earned enough to. He, he earned the the job in left field. He didn't get himself hurt out there. Looked clunky at times. And as much as I hate to say it, 
Um, I, I think he's earned the trust to stay in left. You sign Castellanos to play right, and that leaves Andrew Vaughn the odd man out, and maybe you use him to acquire a starting pitcher because all Nick Castellanos is going to cost is money. And but you're not. There aren't really any top of the line starting pitchers other than Robbie Ray, and I don't know if they're going to be in on Robbie Ray. So that's going to cost you prospect equity instead of financial equity. So yeah, I would agree. I don't think at the. I'll just say at by the end of 2022, I don't think Andrew Vaughn is part of this mix. I I think maybe they won't get a deal done early enough. Um, and he will be on the roster to start, but I don't think he'll be there to finish. So uh, they're going to have to make some uncomfortable decisions here to get better, and I think uh, acquiring a number one starter is one of those things that's going to cost them your, one of your prized assets in Andrew Vaughn. All right, moments number 11. They're putting Abreu on for Eloy Jimenez. It only needs one at bat to come to him. Like that. Oh, Eloy Jimenez! Do not walk anyone in front of him! Wow! Welcome back, hi mom. See you later, five three. It's Eloy's night anyway, and you figured he was going to get good pitch to hit. He got a slider up, and I mean, he hit the daylights out of that. A towering fly ball that, as soon as you saw the launch angle, you knew that it couldn't possibly stay in the ballpark. It's a five to three game. There's the slider, the home run replay brought to you by Ford and Eloy Jimenez, who just wants to look at this one for a bit. We had been waiting for Eloy to return and, and look like the Eloy of old. And it, it's funny looking back on, on that game now, you know, uh, it provided one of the great moments down here in my basement where it's like, yeah, all right, there we go. It seemed like such a long road to get there with Eloy dealing with the injury and, you know, everything that came with it. And then we were nervous about him. You know, uh, being out there in left field, and there he was having one of the best defensive games of the year that that we have ever seen uh, from Eloy. But that night, right there, July twenty seventh, twenty twenty one, you know, it ended up not meaning much in the big picture. I thought it was a lot bigger at the time than it ended up being. But uh, just that moment of imagine uh, putting someone on base in front of Eloy Jimenez ever in life, Herbie. Yeah, I mean, just the disrespect. And I understand what they're doing. Hose is a big time RBI guy, but I'm glad Aloy took that as like, what? What? Do you know who I am? <laughs> yes, I've been away for a little bit, but my my skills haven't. You know, they, they did go away after that pretty much. But Aloy murdered that ball. He was disgusted. He was like, how dare you? It's like uh, the Luis Robert to Michael Fires. How dare you pitch this garbage versus me? Ugh, crushed, <laughs> like disrespected. I hope he comes with that type of attitude all year long next year because he was sorely missed as a bat throughout the last couple months and in the playoffs. And then there were 10. We'll bring the top 10 moments of 2021 next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Celebrate freedom of choice. It's why we love the country, isn't it? Did you know that Built Bar's got so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. If you talk to a Built Bar fan, you ask them the question, hey, man, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? They'll be passionate and they'll tell you what it is. For me, it's the German chocolate. But... 
Built Bar was kind enough to send me one of my other favorite flavors. It's a, sort of a reunion here for my favorite uh, flavor here of, of yesteryear. Coconut Brownie Chunk. Oh boy, it's a good one. I've got one open here and I'm starting to salivate thinking about it here. I tend to snack on some while I'm in the middle of taping shows, recording stuff. I also do the Full Go podcast with Jason Goff. So I've got a busy night between that and the Locked on White Sox show. So sometimes I need a little snack. Uh, in the evening to keep me going and give me a little energy boost while I'm doing these shows and Built Bar is always right there for me and Coconut Brownie Chunk, one of the many great flavors just 150 calories with a whopping 15 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the market, but they're also healthy I already told you about the flavor profile, I told you about the stats, they're good they're good for you, and if you're trying to eliminate carbs, only 4-5 to grams of net carbs per Built Bar, they are the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty good, huh? If you order today, use our promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. All right, Herbie, moment number 10 will take you back to April 3rd, early on here in the season. Big load ready to go, and he unloads to left center field. This is number eight. And it takes a big old bounce. Your mean Mercedes send him to the All-Star game. <laughs> Outrageous what he's done. Uh, you know, <laughs> you could not tell us that Yermin was not going to be in the All-Star game at that point. Uh, we, you know, we, even though he couldn't keep it up forever, we figured, oh, man, the Sox may have something here. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it, it was not meant to be, though. The Sox did lose that game there, though. But uh, just the... the, the Start of your mean Mercedes's young career, I, I guess it fizzled out as quickly as it began. There, he finishes the season still accumulating a half a win, uh, just seven home runs, hits 271 with an on base of 328, slugged 404, and uh, just the, the 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 early you know moments there from your mean Mercedes helped carry this team. You know when they were struggling to find their way a little bit early on in the season, and it's one of the things we talked about. I think we knew. As it was happening, Herb, like no matter how this Yermin Mercedes story ends up, he's going to have a, a big part in what this team ends up doing. And if it's winning a division, he's got a big hand in that. So I, I think looking back, we can say as they struggled to score runs early on in the season, you know, he's a big a part of, of why they were able to sort of maintain and not, you know, uh, dig themselves too deep of a hole early in the season there. And uh, we, we may see Yermin on this list here again. Uh, coming up here in a second, but uh, it was fun while it lasted, Herb. And I just uh, I I hate the fact that it ended uh, so poorly uh, from from all sides. You know, I, I hope the young man finds some uh, some some I don't know clarity, some peace. Uh, I hope he finds a place to play baseball. We talked about it a little bit a few days ago. Maybe he finds himself playing baseball in another country. But uh, the Yermin thing was fun while it lasted. We had. Yerminator Burgers uh, at the score. It was uh, we all enjoyed the ride. I think, which is ultimately uh, why we watch baseball. Yeah, and I think it produced one of the f my favorite things that we've ever done on the show, where where you have mashed up Mr. Paul Wall and Mr. Jason Benetti to uh, tribute to your mean Mercedes. Do you know? Speaking of the Paul Wall thing, um, John Greenberg did a story on Paul Wall being a huge Astros fan. Oh, wait, we haven't even mentioned Herbie. The Astros, they did not oh, win the World Series. So oh, delicious. No. Oh, no. Oh, it felt so great. <laughs> oh, 
Dang it. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, so Nate Jones gets a ring. Uh, but Paul Wall, a huge Astros fan, John Greenberg did a story on him when they played the White Sox. And I guess he goes to, to all the games and always been you know, a big Houston guy. And John Greenberg showed the tweet to Paul Wall's manager with with our Locked On Sox video mashup of your mean, and then his manager showed it to Paul Wall, and guess what, Herbie? Paul Wall loves our work. Mm. <laughs> he, he loved the he loved the clip, uh, even though obviously he is an Astros fan, but he loved the clip, and I'm so glad. It made me so happy that Paul Wall uh, saw the video that you all know and love. Let's hear it one more time. I'm on a mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies. Allow me to introduce you to my. Your mean Mercedes. Yeah, it's been so long since I've heard that. Um, <laughs> feels like it's been since April I've heard that. But yeah, man, it was, a, it was quite a ride for your mean in 2021. And we'll get to him more later in the list here. Yeah, he sparked the offense when other players were slumping. Uh, stars that usually do well. Uh, and we had a, a dearth of either. Uh, first, it was Aloy. And then I don't know if he overlapped with the Luis one and that by that time he probably was already on a downward spiral, but yeah, he provided a lot of energy and a lot of uh, notoriety for himself in his brief time up here. I wish him nothing but the best. I'm still going to be a near mean guy all the time, but I don't think that's ever going to work out. I don't think he's going to be in the white Sox organization when we come to 2022. All right. Next moment. Number nine, number nine, August 20th. Tim Anderson, big 3-2 here from Chagua. Anderson drives it into left center field. Kiermaier's back, it's gone. Tim ties the ball game on a 3-2 pitch leading off the ninth. Pittridge on 3-2, Collins at second. Tim grounds a slider through the right-hand side. Collins waved around third. Here comes Zach, throw to the plate is offline. Tim's into second base, and Seven did it again at 6-5 Sox. I mean, he's doing it all. That was one of the best baseball games you will ever see anyone play, and he was wearing number seven for the White Sox while doing it, and it didn't get a lot of national attention because it was Sox and Rays, and but at that time it was the two best teams in the American League, and one of the best players in baseball, Tim Anderson, showed out and really that that's why he's such an important part of this team because of performances like that uh, down there in Tampa that night Tim Anderson he goes uh, 3 for 6 uh, with there was an extra inning game that night Sox win 7 to 5 down in Tampa and we thought maybe it was a, a preview of some things to come but the Sox did not come away with a victory that series but Tim goes uh, 3 for 6 with four runs scored in that game and he just basically seems like he took that game over at times Herb which is hard to do in a baseball game yeah, and it was like most of the times when Tim comes up late in the game and we need a big hit or a big run like that one, you had this calm about you, and I know we're going to get to one uh, later on in this countdown. Maybe, this, maybe not. <laughs> this, count, this calm about you. He's like, Timmy's going to get it done, or if he's going to go down hard, he's going to make sure that that pitcher knows that I'm going for the downs and then adjust that two strikes. Tim's just that guy, and I remember that game so vividly. I was like, okay, this is like a almost a litmus test to go against these Rays. We were thinking that this might be a, oh, a preview of what the ALCS could be. Both teams didn't make it, but I was very, very happy that uh, Timmy came through right there. It was uh, not a great series down there. We didn't come out with the, the series victory there, but when Chaguar came in and then Kit Critch came in, Timmy just got the job done. 
lesser pitchers, even though they are got nice ERAs at the time. I never heard of them before that, but that's the Tampa Bay Rays way. And Timmy's like, I don't care. You throw me a fastball in the zone and it's like over the plate. I'm going to take you to right field. Chagua. Chagua. <laughs> I like And then I don't care what you're doing. Kittredge, I'm taking your ass too. Right up the box. I like my fries with a little chagua on them. Uh, moment number eight. Let's take it back to June 16th. Vaughn to third. One out 90 feet. Separate the Sox from a series win against Tampa Bay. And here comes Grandal. Yes! Right field! And the White Sox have the best record in Major League Baseball. Walk it off, yes! 8-7 your final! Well, you can understand the emotion on the part of the Sox. Disappointment on the part of the Rays. They fought their way back, and Yaz ends it. You've been more than happy to see that one go out of the ballpark, but he didn't need to. It was a fair ball. That's all you needed to know. And he drives this ball about as far as you can hit it without hitting it out of the park. You're looking at a series right here that was a really dramatic series from start to finish. The Sox take two of three. Left with the idea that they can play with anybody in baseball on any given day. And I think that still is true even today. If the Sox had to roll themselves out there and, and play a game, I think they could still hang with anyone. Uh, but that time and that point of the season, they were playing undermanned. And they still showed out against the Rays and just kind of piggybacking off what we were just talking about. You know, uh, the, the, baseball is a funny game like that, and these two teams ultimately did not. We had, we had said they were on a collision course, I think, all season mm-hmm. long, and they, they never really collided in the postseason, so they never advanced. Uh, but the White Sox win that game uh, in a walk-off fashion uh, in front of a nice crowd at the G-Rates on, on a beautiful afternoon for baseball. And it was one of uh, Grandal's greatest moments, I think, in a White Sox uniform. And uh, I think it was the moment that we realized, man, this the Sox team is for real because I believe before then they had played the Rays, and you know you, you had heard all, heard all the narratives about they don't play well against good teams, but that was one of the things that you can put uh, in, in your cap is okay, they they did play well against a pretty good team, and they could use that confidence going forward. It turned out not to matter much, but who knows? Maybe it did matter at the time. But uh, that that's moment number eight of twenty twenty one. But of course, the bat flip or the bat drop. Oh. undefeated yeah. and he knows when he gets it for the most part i think only one time that i see him drop the bat in a smooth ass fashion and it was like a double or uh, a fly out to right field number seven moment of 2021 take you back to may 16th that's in the dirt here comes a Safe! full speed ahead from 90 feet away and a Brayu comes back from a massive collision to beat the Royals two days later. I think when you look back at Jose Abreu's career in a White Sox uniform, there'll be no other uniforms for Jose Abreu, let's be real about it. Um, That weekend against the Royals, there's no better uh, sample of what he means to the team, how tough of a player he is than that sampling against the Royals. You mentioned uh, Jason Benetti mentions in that clip there uh, him getting knocked out of that first game of the series uh, after uh, colliding with Hunter Dozier and then coming back on Sunday uh, to basically, you know, uh, to to take home (laughs) home plate, Uh, not quite a steal of home, but, uh, 
he basically wins the game there by himself there. And, uh, I, I, you know, if I was a Royals catcher, even if I was Salvi Perez, one man I would not like to see uh, bearing down on me coming down that third base line is, uh, is uh, Jose Abreu with a chip on his shoulder. And uh, that was just one of the great moments there, one of the more unexpected victories with the way they pulled that out there. And uh, it was just perfect, perfect ending for that weekend for Jose Abreu, who had uh, taken a beating uh, that weekend. Yeah, it was a fitting end, as you said. It's great to see Jose, like a guy without maximum speed, decent speed, probably average on the on the grand scale, take advantage of a ball that didn't get too far away from the catcher and score the winning run. And some might say it's a no lose situation, but you're on third base. You're in scoring position. What do you? Why are you going for it unless you can make it? And it was a bang bang play. And Jose made sure with that beautiful slide, which. Landing him on the, I think he sat out for a couple games after that. Um, and beautiful slide to walk it off for the White Sox against the most hated Royals. God damn it, uh, Hunter Dozier. <laughs> Put your head up while you're running the bases. Yeah. To so run into our guy. Yeah, there's a song in there, partner. I uh, got to keep your head up. Uh, moment number six, we take you back to July 31st with a couple familiar voices here. Jeff Passan of ESPN is reporting. That the White Sox are finalizing a deal to acquire Cubs closer Craig Kimbrell. The White Sox get Craig Kimbrell for the rest of the season. The Cubs get Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer. You know what? I feel like I'm being punked. There's no way. By the way, Craig Kimbrell signed till next year, too. So well, that's $16 right. million dollars next year. And like I said, when we go into the ninth inning, Liam's already pitched. It's Craig Kimbrell time. He is the best reliever in the game. It's going to be interesting to see them manage this. Interesting is a word for it, Lawrence Holmes. Thank you. That's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's Herb Lawrence and Lawrence Holmes there. You can catch them every day on the score, noon to 2, right before the Parkinson Spiegel show. Uh, you guys are right on it, man. Right on it. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what I thought it was pretty obvious. It was pretty obvious. obvious. Yeah, but, they didn't think you know, so. I think we were just, you know, rationalizing after a while. Oh, I guess, you know, the man's been on the team. And then we saw it didn't work. So if they do somehow have to be stuck with Craig Kimbrell next year, and I'll put those in quotes, put him in a position to win. Put him in the position that he gets paid for. And I know you pay Liam Hendricks a little bit more than him. But, damn it, if you want this thing to work out, let's get the people feeling the best. And I think Liam can just be wherever he needs to be. Craig needs to be in the ninth. That was one of the great sports weekends I can remember covering teams in this in this city for, you know, over a decade here and yourself, like, you know, uh, along the same lines. But that day in Chicago sports history was just unreal, dude, with the, with the Cubs tearing down of their, of their championship roster and then having one guy go from the Cubs to the Sox and the Sox trading away a number one pick who we didn't particularly like. But, you know, the saying goodbye to, to – Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and I I took the day off of work that day but I, I was sending in my Goodfellas treatments for these guys from the Cubs wife and I went up to Lake Geneva so I, you know that, that was a day that I experienced as a listener and I was grateful uh, that I did because that was just one of the wildest days that I can ever remember and I just kept thinking the whole time like this is what we waited for this is what we sat through all those shit teams for to have exciting trade deadline days like that and, and the, the Sox certainly are going to have a few more here in their window 
Uh, but sometimes they don't they don't work, man. It, it, that's just the reality of it. And it doesn't mean just because it didn't work in 2021 doesn't mean the move can't work in 2022. And let's hope it does. But it's just uh, it, it's just you know it'll go down as one of the most uh, I, I guess historical days in Chicago baseball history, no doubt. And you were right there at the at the at the on the front lines of it, right there, covering it. The news breaks as you and Lawrence are doing your show. Uh, I thought that was, that was fun stuff right there. So uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, the top five moments of 2021 here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. Taking a look at the early lines for this Bears Monday Night Football matchup in Pittsburgh against the Stellars. Going down November 8th, Monday night. Right now, the Bears getting six and a half on the road in Pittsburgh. Right now, the over-under is set at 40. So if you're taking an early look at those lines, you've got a great opportunity to move on it now at our friends at Bet Online. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, here it is, the final five, Herbie, the top five moments of the 2021 season. We take you back to May 17th. We don't need a pitch clock for Astadio. Oh, he loaded up. Mercedes tattoos it to center. It is gone. There you go. A 3-0 swing. On a 3-0 pitch. Does it matter? He swung away on 3-0. Uh, I don't I don't like it now. I mean at 15 to 4, I you know, I don't like it. You're gonna you're gonna get the same pitch after this. I I don't like it, but 47 miles per hour. I mean, you know what that is. That's your mean swinging 3 0, uh, you know, your mean's finest moment, in my opinion, in a White Sox uniform. I-, I love that moment for so many reasons because it got so many people clutching their pearls across baseball, including our manager here on the South Side. It was really handled poorly, in my opinion, after that. We talked about that at great length. You can go back and listen to those shows, and I know a lot of people still don't agree with us about it. Um, and there's no way to ever know the long-term effects on, on the, all the individuals involved. But the Sox, whenever you pound out the Twins, 16-4, uh, and I believe entering that series, there was still the Twins still had a, a gasp of life in, in their bodies, uh, but the Sox took it right away after that series there. Um, and, and then, of course, the ugliness that ensued the day after that. But that moment right there, the Yermin 3-0 swing, it's sort of a, you know, a changing in philosophies all across baseball. Guys who you thought – Felt a certain way, came in on the opposite level. I mean, Lance Lynn, it was the, one of the first moments for Lance Lynn where he stepped up and he said, hey, if you don't want that stuff to happen, don't send a position player out there. And I was like, okay, Lance Lynn, I thought you were going to take the other side, but that's a good teammate right there. Then, of course, Tony Larusa steps in it and you know makes it about him and a grand spectacle about our grand old game and how you have to respect it and teammateship and sportsmanship and all that stuff that really has nothing to do with two guys out there just playing the game of baseball and you, you I think you heard it in that clip there uh maybe not but I remember in the twins call they mentioned all the fans that were leaving heading to the exits there 
uh, when the Sox uh, were, you know, basically when they were winning by 10 plus runs, all the fans were going home, but then they see Astadio coming in there in the game to pitch to your mean, and they all went back to their seats. And I think that's all you need to know about that event that happened there on May 17th, the 3 0 swing. Ultimately, the only people who, who made a big deal out of, out of it the only, are the only people that care. And that was Tony Larusa, and maybe like five people left. You know, guys like Chris Russo. You know, not many people see it the same way anymore. And I think ultimately that's a good thing because most people, I think, enjoyed that moment for what it was, which was just a little baseball absurdity. You know, uh, and I enjoyed that moment. I didn't enjoy the the after effects of that, but uh, certainly when, when I think of the the White Sox and when I think of your means time with the White Sox, that moment will always uh, stick out with me in terms of the 2021 season. Yeah, it was a fun time. Your mean was a fun player for the early White Sox. And that's like the symbol for me of the break from fun, your mean to downtrodden, your mean. And it might just be happenstance. They were catching up to him. He was getting adjusted to and wasn't necessarily making the adjustments back. But there's a clean break in that May, you could see. He's just falling off the table after May a little bit, but then he just jumps after that. So it was a great moment. You're going to put a, a catcher out there. It's funny. He's kind of round, Tortuga, <laughs> Turtle, throwing the 47-mile-per-hour fastball, and you just heard the guy, uh, Jason Benetti, talking about how fast he was going, and the whole crux of that thing was he missed my sign. There was no time. For you know I mean to catch a sign, Tortuga was getting the ball and throwing it. It was a Mark Burley special, <laughs> and he got the ball and threw it. And your mean was ready for any murder. You throw a catcher out there or a guy who plays the outfield, the position player, he deserves what he can get. We're not just out there trying to strike people out. I mean, does anybody fault Anthony Rizzo for striking Freddie Freeman out? No, they're like laughing. It's like, oh, that's so great. Ha ha. Why are we not celebrating the opposite? doesn't make sense number four the fourth best moment of 2021 we take you back to april 14th oh and two tapper first base side abreu is on it jose got to the bag one gone will it stand and he's out and two to go brilliant play by jose abreu the MVP of the American League last year just threw a life raft to perfection. Only one move he could have made to get him. The ball was so slowly hit, Carlos couldn't get there, and Jose could do nothing more than to reach out with one leg as if he was sliding into first base to beat him. Three and two. Rodon. Oh, to third. Moncada. Rodon has thrown a no-hitter. After everything he's been through, the elbow and the shoulder were supreme on April 14th, 2021. Anything can happen uh, on a cold, wet night uh, on the south side of Chicago, and it's why I always say if you have a ticket to a ball game, you always go because you never know. You may see history. He wasn't perfect that night, uh, but I'll remember that moment and, and be fond of, of that night just the same. 
I, I remember the show we did after that and how much fun it was and just uh, you know, not knowing what the future was going to hold for Carlos Rodon, and it was certainly lots of ups and downs in 2021 for him. Uh, but that moment, uh, you know, it could have easily uh, been number one, just thinking about it right now and thinking about that play by Abreu, you know, putting it all on the line for his teammate right there in a big spot. Uh, just just what a night, what a moment. We, we are fortunate enough here to, while we're covering the Sox, doing the Locked on Sox podcast, we've seen two no-hitters, that one, the first one with fans in attendance, and it was just a, an awesome night for a, a guy who is living his best life now. I saw him on Instagram yesterday. Uh, you know, he, he's he's got his farm going. He's got his young daughter out there with him, helping pick up uh, eggs. And he's you know, Carlos Rodon was putting the stamp of his farm on on, his, on the eggs, and it was just really cool. And uh, you know, just what a, what a moment for Carlos Rodon and the White Sox early on in the season there. Yeah, and we've been over it. It's Probably if they gave up the award, do they? I don't know if they do the comeback play of the year for uh, baseball, but if they do, he's a hundred percent the guy who's winning that award. He had hardships of injuries all throughout his career this year, uh, notwithstanding, and he was probably the best pitcher going into the All Star break. That moment right there was very unexpected. I don't know if any White Sox fan expected. The no-hitter, firstly, or the season in totality. Everything that happened with Carlos Rodon could happen in 2021. But just uh, kudos to him. I would love for him to get his money, get a deal that he likes. If he can't, come on back to the White Sox. We'll find a way to get you in the rotation and make it work out for you because you tried hard. I mean, you worked hard and you had great results in 2021 after some adversity and that playoff start, even though the results weren't great, the grittiness, we knew he was pitching on something that was either sore, tired and or injured. And he got it through there and ramped it up to 98 when he can, just so he can try to win a, a baseball game for his teammates and the White Sox fans. That's gritty. Put your, put your uh, baseball agent pants on and uh, put your Scott Boris pants on. If you're Scott Boris, what's your game plan here for Rodon this offseason? What what do you think they should do uh, if if uh, if you if you've got Carlos Rodon on your roster of, of talent and you're trying to get him the best situation possible? What's your game plan here? Do you think they're trying to shop for a one year prove it deal? Maybe stay where he's at if he's happy. What do you think their their strategy is going to be here? Because I don't know if he's earned the 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 big contract like we thought maybe he was going to during many times in 2021 but what do you think their their plan is going to be for him i think a one-year prove it deal he's relatively young you know we've had him for a long time but this will be is he'll be 29 next year he'll turn 29 in december of this year so he's relatively young and going back into the free agent market Maybe you have something different with the CBA where it's more favorable for him sign a deal. That's only a one year deal. And after this, when he's 30, 31, 32, he can get a three year deal with some other team. And my idea is firstly to go to the White Sox and say, hey, one or two year deal. Let's go with 12 to 13 million per that's right what i was thinking herb 13 million is, is the number i had in my head just first blush yeah yeah you know let's go with that it's a solid number it gets carlos reestablished he's in your rotation next year 
and you don't have to worry about going to get a top line starter because this guy you saw when he was now he's got a little bit more conditioning in him. He can pitch at 150, 175 innings if you need to in 2022 and then bounce out after that and still relatively young with a healthy arm. So you help us out. We help you out. And we're still in business, too. We're still thinking about a long term deal with each other. So. That's my first uh, point of business about Scott Bora. Just getting him knocked out even before December 1st. Just let's knock it out. Let's get it done and you're good. Because I know the White Sox are going to probably give him a qualifying offer. And that's like $18 million. He can accept that. I, I mean, I don't know. Would he accept it? I mean, would, it, would the White Sox firstly do that? No, I don't think so. Okay, I think they try to get more. I think more, he would more, accept it. Though, he would. He would accept it. I, I think they would try to maybe work something out where where it's shorter money, couple like two years. You know what I mean? Like you know, less yeah. less money on the front end. But yeah, it's, but a total that with our twenty six million dollar deal yeah. instead of with the eighteen for one. Exactly. Yeah. Um. And and I'd be okay with either one of those to be honest with you. I'd, I'd err on the side of just the qualifying offer. You know. Um, and then maybe you come to an agreement to, you know, you can still work on a deal in the middle of the season like you did with Lance Lynn. All right. Uh, moment number three. One and two. Hendricks got him. And for the first time since 2008, Sox fans will see home playoff baseball. The Chicago White Sox are winners of the AL Central. And you heard the screaming expletives there from Liam Hendricks. And we hadn't mentioned him once yet in this countdown, but he's a big part of this season as anyone there. And just having him at the end to be the hammer in these ball games, and you know the bullpen is not what we thought it was going to be in the totality of 2021. But just uh, them winning and clinching a division, a real division title for the first time since 2008, I think that moment speaks for itself. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome to see. And to do it in front of Cleveland, man, <laughs> nothing better. <laughs> nothing better, friends. Uh, but, of course, you know, uh, they, they moved on quickly. They, they celebrated rather uh, mildly uh, because it's all about the postseason. And, you know, you, you relied on a lot of guys to get to that moment, and it was a formality, you know, basically by August for the White Sox. And, you know, they turned it on in that clinching game in Cleveland, and we were very excited. We thought this was going to be the team that was going to show up in the postseason uh, we saw flashes of that team in the postseason. Uh, they weren't expecting many big moments coming off the bat of this guy in our number two moment of 2021. Fastball slider, curveball mostly. Leary Garcia sends one to deep center field, and the White Sox have taken the lead in game three. Adam Amin on the call, Fox Sports 1, a, a wild night in Game 3 of the ALDS. I'll remember that moment very fondly, us sitting in the control room in disbelief. I remember my hands were on my head. Didn't think that ball had enough to get out. Uh, but just one of the, the you know great moments in White Sox postseason history right there. It's the only game they won that series, and the White Sox postseason history is not one that's very rich and storied, but that home run from the unlikely hero there, Leary Garcia, but ultimately Herb, to be honest with you, uh, what I'm going to remember most about that is doing that show with you that night in the score studios. And, uh, you know, that was certainly a moment of validation for us. And we had a great time and we only got a chance to do one. And I had an opportunity to go to Las Vegas that weekend with, with Parkinson Spiegel, but I opted not to go for, you know, COVID reasons, but also in the back of my mind, I didn't want to miss the opportunity of 
you know, I didn't want to take anything for granted. I wanted to be there with you that night in studio, and we got a chance to be there together, and we covered the lone White Sox victory in the postseason, and we did it in our style, uh, you know, the, the way we do it on our show, and we brought it to the score airwaves, and it's something I'll never forget in my entire career, but that moment, that night, uh, was something that I'll, I'll forever cherish, Herb. Yeah, and even though it ended poorly, I think for me, like this is the pinnacle of the season. Like all the stuff you said, like I don't like the other moments actually felt better, but the atmosphere was me, you, it was Sean Anderson. We're at score studios. This is really a long time since we've got together in this fashion, you know, watching games at the station together, cheering for a playoffs uh, result. Like last year we did it separately we watched at our homes or we watched at the score studios, but separately it was good. Just to, like <laughs> we're started off in the bar. Then we moved to the studio and, you know, it was started off bad. We we're like, oh, this sucks. White sucks going to lose. And we're preparing for a sh- shitty show. And then that home run, it was like, wow, let's go. We're, we're on our way. And they didn't stop after that. It was just an awesome feeling. I felt so great. Uh, talking to the people after the game, looking at Twitter, being with you, being with Sean. Uh, Caesar, I think, was there, too. He so, was, yeah, yeah, we all had a great time. I feel like that's what baseball is about. Then Pittsburgh also, you know, when we're there with the White Sox uh, Twitter and all the people who just drove to Pittsburgh or flew into Pittsburgh and having a good time there. Like, th- that's the type of uh, things I like the most when you get to share it with people, not just by yourself. That's that's really well put, and uh, you know we had not mentioned the Pittsburgh trip at, at all yet, and it certainly was one of my personal highlights of the year. You know, it wasn't necessarily a highlight on the field. They they split nope. the two games, but uh, but just that that night, you know, after a tough loss and and seeing everyone, and yeah, man, that's that that's one of those nights that that you can take with you, man. And, and hopefully, there's many more of those to come. I think we're gonna book our flights to San Francisco very soon here. They're there the 4th of July weekend, so I'm looking forward to that very much and uh, hopefully many more of those uh, Sox gatherings uh, to come in the future here, but you, you said it very perfectly there. All right, here we go. You waited long enough here. Waited three episodes for it. You could probably guess what it is at this point, and you could debate all you want. Uh, this is not this, you know, this list is of no real consequence, but here it is our number one moment of the 2021 season for the White Sox. Anderson. Hits it in the Back at the wall, and the White Sox win it. throw the party but you never know how it's going to turn out <laughs> unreal and how about six runs on the board in the ninth inning alone and the white Sox with a walk-off 9-8 win this was some kind of night for baseball it sure was and the most energetic guy on the team ends up winning it and letting everybody know about it. as soon as he made contact he knew it was gone and a what a game Makes a winner out of Hendricks, a loser out of Britain. 
Well, this just was a good matchup for the way that Tim Anderson likes to hit and he gets the barrel of the bat down to the ball in the low part of the zone about as good as anybody and God damn, man, I still get chills hearing that call from Buck and thinking about that moment. It was just, it's, you know, it was a regular season game in the middle of, uh, of August there in Dyersville, Iowa. But I think when people think of the White Sox and this era of White Sox baseball, you know, no, nothing is guaranteed. Who knows if they'll win a ring? Who knows if there'll be a parade? But that moment, they're going to be showing forever on baseball highlight films. Just, it was, you know, aesthetically beautiful. The, the game was. Just a remarkable game, the ups and downs. Like, you know, you, you felt everything good about sports, you know, even when your team's on the losing end of it and, and you just the, the suffering of, of, of blowing a, a game late and then coming back, getting off the deck and having the face of your, or your franchise showing up in a big spot right there and in, in front of a national audience. And hopefully there's many more moments like that to come. I guess you know, I thought this was going to be a team of destiny after that moment, and you know I shouldn't believe in things like that, but it was just too good uh, to be true, it proved. But that doesn't mean it was any less special. Uh, my only regret is I wish uh, we would have went out there maybe. I wish I would have taken my dad out there, but it was still fun. Doing that show with you that night was also just as fun. But when I think of that season, uh, you're going to be seeing that video forever, man. It, it was just too beautiful of a moment. Uh, everything about it uh, you'll be seeing that on baseball highlight reels everywhere uh, for a long time and it was a White Sox being on the positive end of it which is always a good thing but uh, man that that field of dreams game is perfectly executed it's probably gonna get watered down it's not gonna be as cool but the Sox were there for the first one and boy did that one end in historic fashion it was just an awesome night yeah just we talked about Tim earlier like you knew you felt it like Sevy get away on the bases and he was down 0-2 and he worked his way on base uh, slight almost a fair ball where he'd been thrown out at first base down the third baseline but Sevy Zavala needs credit for what he did to get on base and extend the inning and Timmy crushing that ball to right field you knew that that was a as John Schmoltz says right there perfect matchup for Timmy lefty who likes to throw that ball middle out Timmy who likes to take the ball right field with a little pop and he crushed it and right when he hit it everybody knew Timmy knew everybody knew he started walking off and got hyped like when he hit it I let an audible scream out and my dog woke up again he, he keeps on like uh getting me messed up I, I keep on messing him up I think when he's like a little older he's just gonna be jumping and barking at <laughs> random things because of me uh, screaming for uh, either Alina or White Sox. So, yeah, Timmy with a great, great uh, home run right there. And credit to Liam for giving up the booty and then top of the ninth to make that moment happen. And then, yeah, and then finishing the season really strong, bouncing yeah. back after just a, an epic failure on national television, hitting up our girl Ruby and getting rights for the rest of the season. Um, but I guess I shouldn't regret that moment too much because my, my daughter was still off for summer break and I mean, she was up with me watching. And I, you know, we don't watch many games together, but we were watching that one, and she was wondering why her daddy was screaming so loud in the house. And uh, you know, it's, she was watching her videos, and she went back to her videos right after that. But yeah, I shouldn't regret it too much because it's still—I'll I'll always forget her sitting there with her and uh, experiencing uh, sports. And I think that's what I tweeted when that happened—just sports with an exclamation point, uh, especially after the year uh, that everyone had before that. And again, just the communal atmosphere of White Sox baseball and, and just seeing that moment play out is something I'll, I'll never forget and something that will live on in White Sox lore. 
There it is, man. Uh, it's a season with uh, expectations that were not met, but there's still work to be done, and this thing is not done. The Sox still have will have many more opportunities here, hopefully in the years to come, to to seal the deal and follow through on a World Series championship for the South Side. But it was a hell of a ride in 2021, and I think we can officially now turn the page. Rakan's going to speak later on. He probably already, he already spoke if you're listening to this because we're going to post this in the lunch hour. So Monday we will return and we will break down everything that Rick Hahn said or sometimes it's more important what they do not say in these press conferences that are more interesting. So, yeah, man, that's where we're at with it. And uh, we thank you guys for rocking with us all 2021 season. And we still got a lot of good stuff to cover here in the future here, hopefully beginning with uh, Rick Hahn uh, announcing, signing everyone here <laughs> during his press conference. But that's all I got today, Herb. We'll be back at it on Monday. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23. And our show is at Locked on Socks on Twitter and Instagram. And thank you for making Locked on Socks your first listen every morning. Locked on Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube. So for Chris, my name is Herb. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks.